good Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Great Quarter Gals. This is the Female in Freight show where we focus on all things ladies' leadership, freight tech, and really exciting things that are coming in the world of freight right now. We've got a really great episode on the way, getting into Parade and kind of what they're doing in the space we're talking a little bit more about collaborative efforts instead of the traditional competition that we see that's so cutthroat when it comes to freight tech. So of course, you know me, I'm Caitlin Nix. We've got my co-host, Grace Sharkey here. And Grace, we just have to talk about this. You've got the blue hair back and I'm just going to let them pop you up because holy cow, it's bright blue. This is like true freight waves blue and it looks awesome. You know, it's funny. I just waved at you and I realized that like my hand is still quite blue. So (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about it. Last time you dyed your hair, it was for St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. I was doing the fundraiser with you. Didn't quite hit that fundraising goal, but that's okay. We still made a really great effort for that fund. What's the why behind this bright color? Uh, it, you know, I will say it started as a personal why, because I, my blonde was coming out. Why not fill it with blue? I love, I love my employer. I love freight waves. I'm going to one of our first in-person events that a couple of the editorial staff is going to. So I thought, what a great way to meet the trucking community then with bright blue, vibrant hair, right? Freight waves blue. So you know exactly what I'm here for and what I'm doing. And uh, then it turned into, you know, I had a really great conversation with Shannon from um, St. Christopher's Truckers Fund. And we talked about the last time, like you said, when we were raising money and, and a lot of the stuff they're putting on over at Matt's uh, over the next couple of days. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to dye my hair blue. And when people come up to me and tell me, hey, it looks cool or, hey, that looks insane. Maybe I'll get some negative feedback, but um, I'm going to route them over to their table to make sure that they either donate or go into their silent auction and just give St. Christopher's a, a, a really great um review of what they've done for the trucking industry especially a couple of their uh programs for instance rigs with rigs without sigs is one of my favorite programs out there for drivers so really passionate to say why not just mix both both into this <laughs> i love it and of course we've got to give that huge shout out to shannon and everybody at st christopher for the work that they do but i feel like we've also got to give a shout out to our ceo and founder craig fuller here right when i told him last fall i was like hey craig i want to dye my hair blue i was expecting like a uh well maybe you know only if this happens and he was like go for it like dye your hair pink dye your hair purple whatever and i think that really speaks to not only the culture of like freight waves but the culture of kind of corporate America right now, it's like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if your hair is colored. It doesn't matter if you don't have hair. You don't have to form, like, fit form to a standard to be perceived as professional anymore, which I think is incredibly awesome. Oh, 100%. I mean, that was uh, Craig's reaction to when you were doing this earliest last year, late last year, was part of the reason I wanted to do it. You know, how many employers actually encourage that type of behavior? And I think it speaks to this type of media as well, right? Like it, we're so authentic in, in what we're reporting in and what we're passionate about. Why not show our true authentic selves with the hair color that we want to wear as well? <laughs> so we're you're heading to Mid-America Trucking Show. And as you mentioned, we've got a couple of other editorial staff there. John Kingston's going to be there. I believe Car- Clarissa Haas is going to be there covering as well. What are you most excited to see from this expo? 
Well, number one, there's going to be a lot of trucks. They have the light show, I believe, Thursday night, if not Friday night, uh, which is really going to be great to see. I love walking around and, and talking to the drivers about their trucks because, you know, I come from this brokerage space where a lot of times um, when a driver makes a impression on you, it's usually because of bad behavior. And then you go to these events and it's just like a whole different culture when it comes to truck drivers and, and what they're passionate about. These guys put a lot of money into to their rigs, a lot of time, a lot of cleaning, a lot of effort into what these beautiful trucks look like. So it's just really cool to like talk with them one-on-one -on -one and, and figure out, you know, why they chose the color scheme or why they chose certain lights. So that I'm just going to really excited for. And then it is an interesting convention because there are a, a big mix of big shippers, enterprise shippers, along with logistics providers and technology companies. So it is going to be cool to see what some of these like large manufacturers have on their mind, especially when we talk about infrastructure and construction coming up, like what exactly they're looking for in capacity partners in general. So uh, my goal is to really walk around and, and, and make relationships and get some new fresh faces for FreightWaves content in the future. And of course, the serious show as well, um, fill up some holes in, in our uh, content there and get an interesting look into the truck driver space a little bit more. And we can touch on that serious XM show that you have taken over and revamped a little bit at the end of this episode. We'll, we'll kind of tease it out for today. But before we get into our live guest today, I want to talk a little bit about this freight tech story that you just wrote super quickly, talking about Aircon and its freight people building tech, which I think leads really well into the discussion that we're going to have with our guests today. So give us just a quick little shout out about that story and where people can find it. Yeah, so the founders of Aircon together have about 46 years of experience. Chris Condon, the CEO of Aircon alone, has 26 years. And uh, they spent a lot of time in, in the freight, air freight cargo arena um, and always felt just like most of the modes that we see in transportation, that it was really lacking in systems and structures that would ultimately bring rates down, but also eliminate risk, make it easier for shippers to hit their on-time deliveries with their customers. So what they did is they started creating this proprietary software about two years ago, um, and it's up and working now. They have, um, I believe, $50 million in um, exports that they're working with right now. Um, wouldn't give the number of companies and I might be close to five or six, but um, in general, what they do is, I mean, it's just, it's much like you see with the truckload side of things. They uh, use these shared gateways between various air co cargo providers and the company will buy large contracted space uh, within these gateways, and then we'll use their customers' um, uh, cargo to fill in those spots when it's best to to move them. So, it, like I said, it, it, it resembles a lot of the, the um, consolidated trucking that we've talked about before. Uh, what I thought was really interesting, though, is that he was explaining to me that Right now, uh, air cargo providers are having this issue where in order to make sure that capacity is secured, shippers are actually overbooking space. Mm. So even if they don't have a shipment coming, but they feel like they might, they'll book the space and then they get charged for it, whether or not they use it. But at the end of the day, the cargo provider or the transportation provider of that uh 
air, airplane wants that space full. So it's like shippers are paying more and the provider of the transportation isn't happy with what's being utilized. So what Aircon is coming in and doing is saying, no, let, let us just contract all of this space and then we'll organize the shipments in the way that they need to go out. And so they every time they book a shipment, I believe they tell the customer it will ship within two to three days and they use that two to three days to to consolidate it with other shipments, which means as well, it's not going to move from um, provider to provider, eliminating risk on the packaging and the products that it's moving um, and really making sure that everything is arriving on time together at, um, at the consumer at the end of the shipping trans- transfer. So absolutely, it's super important to talk about that kind of stuff and the people behind this tech that they're building out, head to FreightWaves.com and go read that story. It's underneath the Freight Tech tab on the bottom of our homepage. Right now, we're going to welcome our guest for today. We've got Anthony Satarja. He is the CEO and co-founder over at Parade. And Anthony, first things first, thank you for being here and thank you for being a fan of the show. I know Grace has talked a lot about how much you like this content that we're putting out. And so we've just got to give you a big shout out for being a fan. (laughs) I'm a fan and thanks for having me on. Of course. And, you know, we were actually talking about a couple of weeks ago um, how important it is what Parade is doing to help brokers in particular, shippers as well, manage their capacity. And I guess I'm interested, what are the biggest hurdles that are keeping brokerage teams from scaling their own capacity management systems? And what is the real problem that Parade is looking to help fix with those those systems? Yeah, I guess capacity could mean two different things in that question. It could be people capacity in terms of how many dollars per head or am I moving or how many loads are you moving per day per person? Or uh, where we also corely focused on here at Parade, which is in truckload capacity management. How do I find trucks for my loads? And I think there's those two are very related in the world of freight brokerage. The more you can move uh, more efficiently, the more revenue dollars you bring in as a freight brokerage, the more better you can serve your customers. But the challenge with uh, brokerage operational flows on the coverage side today is that uh, they operate in a way oftentimes where things just don't scale, even when they have the technology in front of them. You see, and you know, Grace, you haven't coming from the brokerage realm. Uh, you know, there's sticky notes out on the desks. You know, there's notepads <laughs> there, jotting down the key lanes that they heard that the last driver told them. And so, the challenge is that you know, we, we have um, a lot of processes that are ad hoc, and that's because this is such a relationship-driven, conversational-driven business, and that's what's made things hum. How do we make things hum uh, at scale, though? And so here at Parade, where we really focus on is in managing a broker's truckload capacity and how they go find trucks for their loads, what tools do you need to collaborate in real time? What tools do you need to store all that carrier data in real time and have it constantly evolve so that it's not just... uh, on Grace's notebook over there or Anthony's notebook over here uh, so that we can just bring real-time collaboration in. And that's a really overused, overloaded word. 
but at the same time is the crux of the solution of how do you enable scale for capacity as um, technology will help bring these processes, tame the data, tame the carrier data in one place. And, you know, I think another part of this is also the best in class technologies will have to incorporate a lot of the best in class processes that the top tier brokerage firms out there have really come to be accustomed to. So part of it is a technology problem, but you know, in our lens, when it comes to scales, also a process problem too. You know, I think in our last show, you talked about the split model and becoming the way of the future. Um, well, not all brokerages operate that way. And so how do you help them really shift into that gear really easily? And technology should make it really easy to change different process workflows and bring in best-in-class processes into simple, easy-to-use UIs. Um, and so just I think that's it starts with technology. It's a process problem, but they're all related. So, Anthony, <laughs> I've got a broker boyfriend, and he's got like three that. big shipper clients that send him a ton of freight, some high-dollar freight, and stuff that they need really good strategy for. And there are some days where I watch him like plan it out and everything's great and it's cherry. And then there's some days where he's using this just post and cover, post and cover, post and cover method, you know, scrolling it down in the notebook, as you mentioned. So can you talk a little bit about if you're a broker and you're kind of in this hybrid space of like, okay, one day I'm employing a strategy, one day I'm just throwing it at the wall and hoping that, hoping that it sticks. Can you talk about how you can kind of make that mindset shift to one side or the other or if there's value in keeping it 50-50 and being flexible versus strategy versus just trying to get stuff covered. Getting freight covered in our minds here requires four different characteristics. And it's different for every broker's book of business. But it kind of boils down to what level of trust and safety do I need from the carrier? Mm-hmm. Uh, what level of process do I feel good about on maybe the shipper qualification and they have to be vetted to go to this specific DC or did they have the right insurance? Uh, price flexibility being the third, uh, where can I move and work with this carrier or the capacity that I'm about to get on different pricing as the markets these days go up and down? Uh, and are they actually available? And so I think these four characteristics, uh, maybe, you know, your freight does work pretty well on a spray and pray model. Uh, we just need to get more efficient. And how do you how do you get out the DAT? But how do you do that a little more efficiently? Uh, I think the, the way we think about that here is that there's three levers to play with. One, you could choose your customers wisely and... You know, that narrows what types of customers you might serve, but that flexes on maybe some don't care about safety. Maybe some of your customers do care a lot more about safety and how you choose to run your business there. Driving quality with your carrier base, though, uh, is what we here at Parade really focus on in terms of, all right, if you can't control what customers you have, what you can't control is driving towards more reuse with certain types of carriers and for certain planes and certain customers, how do you drive more safety uh, processes um, in checking through the, the right carriers and understanding what locations they like to run, what they like to do, how do we care, constantly profile all the data about those carriers? Um, and 
that can also be done with manual processes, but our hope is that with our technology, we can drive towards more carrier reuse. And I think the last piece is, the last lever to play with is just getting more efficient in all four of these characteristics. All right, how do I assess trust really quickly? How do I assess uh, the process in place to enable the, the shipper qualification to go very smoothly? Uh, how do I adjust rates with my core carriers and moving up and down on the pricing as gas is crazy right now? I know they're hurting. How do we you know, come to a mutual compromise with my end customer too to, to help drive towards uh, a realistic pricing where everyone's uh, winning? And so I think uh, those, again, can be process-driven, but you can leverage technology in a way that plugs into every single one of those business processes and helps just make it a little bit easier. Maybe that RMIS check uh, can happen automatically on some of these inbound quotes coming in from carriers and not having to then look it up manually and find that right carrier faster. Um, We think that uh, a solution should be able to, you know, there's going to be all types of those types of businesses and very customer driven as well, or the brokers customer driven as well. Hopefully, uh, hopefully varying these different degrees of characteristics um, and the technology and processes that a brokerage has can really make the most of it in driving towards what ends up being best for that broker. Yeah, and as you clean up those processes, you're going to be able to get paperwork in faster, invoice your customers better. It it all trickles down into so many different areas of the business. And I think that element is sometimes lost when you're talking about um, capacity management strategies, not just about getting reps to book more loads, but it's about the overall processes that could be improved through um, this type of management and this type of strategy. And I, I really think that the offerings that you have is probably is definitely the reason why you guys just experienced this latest round of funding. And with that as well, you had a number of really interesting strategic investors um, and different people coming to the table at Parade to help with this capacity management strategy for the industry as a whole. We're looking at Redwood Logistics, Jones Capital, um, Jason Dubow, and Jet McCandles over at Project 44, Shannon Hart at Mercury Gate, um, Zach Fredericks from LoadSmart, um, Eric Rempel right from Redwood. Uh, why do you think that... And, and you actually were quoted saying that capacity management is a neutral platform that needs this type of collaboration. Why do you think it needs this type of collaboration in order to keep improving? Why is this such a hard concept for so many different huge freight tech companies to really secure and, and figure out a solution to? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, the, that quote is in context of both from a technology freight tech partnership standpoint, and I can talk more about that in a second, but also just from a freight brokerage standpoint, where we like to think of ourselves much like the country of Switzerland. You know, people around the world feel comfortable placing their capital in Switzerland. And I think we've historically done similar for freight brokerages and enabling them to host all of their capacity management execution on our platform. And 
that's because we've created a product, uh, a company culture, uh, and an environment that brokers can still, you know, our customers compete vigorously against each other, yet they're all using this single platform that keeps their data safe as well. And so that is important to us. It's instilled in our culture as well to ensure that we have this neutral playing ground where everyone benefits from technology, uh, but in a way that helps them better compete as well. I think to your latter question uh, on, on the freight tech partners, you know, we're, we're super excited to have these folks join us on, on this journey and primarily because they align with one or more of our values where we're driving towards being really customer centric. And I think it takes building coalitions and uniting stakeholders across the industry to really bring what's best for our customers. You know, what, what is the best in class visibility solution look like when integrated with uh, a capacity management execution platform? And you, know, you can find the truck, book the load, get it tied into visibility tracking. That's a great win for for the brokerage and driving towards more digitization as we're looking to invent and challenge the status quo. And we know that we can't drive industry-wide change alone. Uh, we need our partners as well to help solve this end-to-end system for what brokerages need to go digital. Anthony, this 30 minutes with you has gone so quickly. So before we let you go today, I just want to ask really quickly about the value that having investors like this from outside companies in the freight tech industry brings to Parade and the strength that it builds in your guys' scaffolding when that comes to attracting top-tier talent or building out your offerings for your customers. Can you just touch on that really quickly? Um, We're super excited for these strategic investors as well as Menlo uh, being our lead investor and our our past round of funding. And that's really helping us carve out towards our vision here where we want to help our customers achieve more digital freight. We want to enable our partners to have deeper connectivity. So how do we work better with our existing partners like DAT, like Keep Trucking, like Trucker Path and all these different freight tech uh, capacity networks out there. And lastly, we get very excited in bringing new capabilities to our customers and helping them go win more business as for the first time, our customers have all their capacity data centralized in one place. And so we think that there's a huge opportunity in how do we help them connect that to winning spot business or some new RFP business. And so more to come from the parade team uh, to do that. We are growing aggressively as uh, over the last, just the last uh, 60 days here, we've doubled our team size. And so we're very excited to put the the funds to use and uh, we're excited to embark on our journey here. Congratulations, you guys. Well-deserved. And I'm really excited to watch your product suite grow and, and hear feedback from customers and yourself as you can continue to deploy that capital. So thank you for coming on and we will definitely have you on again soon. Thanks for having me. Go check out Anthony on LinkedIn. Go check out Parade on LinkedIn and online as well. 
great to have him and great to have him be a fan of the show, Grace. I know that this is an interview that you've been super excited about. Anthony was one of our first fans when we launched that first episode. So this was great to have him on. And it's so awesome to watch a company like Parade take this internal investment and say, okay, how can we make it better for our customers and for our clients? And then really for the industry as a whole. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've used the product. It's a really incredible product. It's very good at helping brokerages figure out how to scale and how to go from what your boyfriend is experiencing, kind of that like uh, just post and go strategy to actually strategizing your capacity management system. So I was really excited to talk to him about that and have him on the show too. (laughs) Grace, before we get out of here today, we got to touch on your brand new show on the Road Dog Network on SiriusXM, launching Drive Time here with us, bringing Freight Waves back to Sirius. Let's talk about it real quick. Oh, just so excited. It's so much fun. I really enjoy getting on there every single day and spending, you know, two hours. Like I said, it's prime time drive time, right? Everyone's (laughs) leaving the office. Everyone's, you know, had a rough day. Logistics, right, is problem solving. So I want to hear everyone's issues, figure them out on your way home, get us home, enjoy the rest of our night and and attack the next day as best as we can. We've had guests from uh, trucking companies to recruiters like we have today, um, had investors on as well. So I'm planning on really experimenting with the content, seeing what sticks, seeing what the audience really wants to hear and you know, I think it's a platform that you know, Freightways but people are really excited I got a lot of emails after the first episode people are really excited that we took over that time slot and that we're giving them more than just one day of content as well catch Grace on SiriusXM channel 146 and we'll see you guys next week <laughs>